And now, Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN Radio. Where the fuck is Trump? Head the deck. Worry about my posse getting jumped. Because if we ever do, yo, TV, pop the trunk. Because we make a pop the trunk and hit the sweep. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me your bubble. It is Friday, everybody, and we have the honor, the pleasure of having Ryan Hollins back, back to back on Jalen and Jacoby. Thank you so much for coming in and doing the show this morning, Mr. Hollins. Any any time, my man. Hey, how, how you doing this morning? I feel good, man. I feel good. Friday makes me excited. You know, Friday gets me excited. I get the weekend, spend with the kids, just recharge, watch basketball. It's nice. It was all Philly in Game 3 against the Raptors, and Joel Embiid had himself a night. The big man had 33 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 blocks. He was rocking the baby. He was blocking Kawhi Leonard. He was hitting threes. He was celebrating. He was doing everything, and he finished the night with a big dunk down the middle. I mean, he had a shimmy. It was a great night for Embiid. Remember game one when Mark Gasol held him to 0 for 6? Doesn't feel like that's happening anymore. What can the Raptors do to slow Embiid moving forward in this series? Well, you got to attack him on the defensive end. And Mm. if he's allowed to sit in the paint and really doesn't have to show out and recover and make a lot of multiple efforts, he's going to have a lot of energy on the offensive end. And he obviously did. Now, the one thing that makes Joel Embiid special that you have to realize He has an elite mix of size and speed and mobility. Guys that big are not supposed to be able to move the way that Joel Embiid does. So you've got to make him work. You've got to test out that knee. And that's something that they didn't do. Now, granted, you know once he's at home, he turns into a different monster. This is a man who loves the lights. But Toronto, they have to be better on the offensive end to have a shot. One thing about Joel Embiid is you can tell whether he's having a good game or a bad game just from his body language. Like once he starts rolling, especially when he's at home, as you mentioned, once he starts rolling, like there's nothing you can stop. He plays off the crowd. He has fun out there. He's smiling. And you remember a couple games in the net series when he wasn't playing well, he starts to sort of shrink and kind of like slow down. But when he's hot, he is so hot, especially at home. That's why I think Philly will win game four. Now, one thing that everybody says about Philly is they have, we, they obviously have an extremely talented starting five. But they added two of those five midseason, so people have questions about their chemistry, and that was addressed after the game. Let's listen. Chemistry is overrated. Uh, when you have, you know, great basketball players on the floor, it's easy. Uh, just it's not that complicated. And we all uh, willing passers. Uh, we play so uh, we so unselfish. Uh, we understand that it's all about moving the ball. Chemistry is what? overrated. What does that mean, Ryan? What? That is Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76ers trying to psych themselves out, <laughs> saying, even though we do not have the comfort of knowing where each other is going to be on the floor and having each other's backs and, you know, knowing what plays to run and, and when we're down two or if we're up three, who do we get the ball to and where do we have them with the basketball? That's chemistry. That's knowing what is going to happen. The Philadelphia 76ers are doing a lot of guessing. They're figuring things out. You know, hey, do we put the ball in Ben Simmons' hands? No, do we give it to Jimmy Butler? No, do we give it to Joel? We have a lot of good problems, which Brett Brown has, but chemistry is an issue where you want to see where players fit. How do you get the most out of them? So 
it's a good thing and a bad thing because these guys are still figuring each other out. And the question is, will they have enough time? Do you think they win this series against the Raptors? This is tough. You know that. I don't don't think you just make this a landslide. I do agree that it is a matter of chemistry. What do I mean? You know what you're going to get out of the Raptors. And Kawhi Leonard is a guy who can literally fit in any system. So there are no issues. What do I mean by that? Kawhi Leonard is a lockdown defender. He can space the floor and shoot. And he breaks breaks you down one-on-one. This was a seamless transition. Now, because of Ben Simmons, because of Joel Embiid, you had to be very delicate about how you fit guys into that Philadelphia system. So even though they're incredibly talented, Brett Brown has his hands full trying to make it work. Ben Simmons doesn't shoot jumpers. Joel Embiid is best when he finishes in the paint. And what he's done in the last game was he worked from the top of the key, from the elbows, Mm. from the three-point line, playing in space. Why? Allowing the distance between he and Ben Simmons, and you ended up getting the most out of Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, Kyle Lowry has had a reputation, an earned reputation, of being a poor playoff performer. Last night did nothing to change that reputation. Lowry was 2 for 10 from the floor. He played 38 minutes and finished with a minus 28. Ryan, why has Lowry had trouble in this series, especially in Game 1 and Game 3? Jacoby, every time that I come on this show, I'm always going to be honest. I'm going to be frank. I cannot Uh lie to the people. If you're in the Lowry family, you might want to change the channel. Listen, Kyle Lowry is my guy, but I want you guys to know this. Kyle Lowry is a regular guy. He's oh, six no. foot two. He doesn't jump out the gym. He's not nope. a freak athlete. The best attribute that Kyle Lowry has is his toughness. The yes. guy should not be an NBA All-Star. He shouldn't be anywhere, but he's so tough. He's so dedicated. He works his way into all the success that he's had. Shout out Kyle Lowry. Shout out. But when now you're looking around and there are all these superhumans around you, six eight, six nine. Jump out the gym, six six, shoot the ball from deep. You know, seven foot one with a three ball, a post up game and footwork. Kyle Lowry's the regular guy in this equation. So the one thing Kyle's gonna have to do, he's gonna have to think his way through these scenarios. And it may be a situation if I'm Toronto, if I'm Coach Nick Nurse, I get the most out of my team. Where I believe playing through Mark Gasol. Why do I say mm. that? The one thing I remember about playing with Mark is he's essentially a point forward, point center, whatever you want to say. And Mark Gasol is going to make the right play every time down the floor. So I think you have to take that load off of Kyle Lowry, and that was the whole point of bringing in a Kawhi Leonard. But now in these moments, you have to have it from somewhere. And I think Kyle Lowry is better as your fourth or fifth option in these scenarios. He's still a good NBA player, but he's going against superhumans in Philadelphia right now. It's a good point. Now, I like Kyle Lowry, and I do slander Kyle Lowry quite often in this program because I have this one question. (laughs) What is Kyle Lowry elite at? Like, what is he one of the top ten players in the league at? Like, He's a pretty good shooter. He's a 
He's a good passer. I think his, his assists have gone up this season because he had other options. The ascension of Siakam and the addition of Gasol has helped him. But he's really a fourth option kind of point guard. And there's something about the playoffs where he just doesn't show up. And it hurts his team. Now, Kawhi Leonard has solidified himself in these playoffs as a top player in the league. On both ends, he's excellent. And he has been dominant all throughout these playoffs. However, he cannot do it alone. And... Kyle Lowry himself addressed the elephant in the room with the 76ers when he said this, quote, we've got to help him. I was literally saying it during the game. We have to help him, him being Kawhi. He's doing everything he can possibly do offensively and defensively to bleep and win games. And myself, I'm not helping him enough. I'm not putting it on nobody else but me. Now, I love the accountability from Kyle Lowry there, but this is important. Because only Pascal Siakam has really performed well in these playoffs, yep. and Kyle, La- I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard is a free agent yep. at the end of this year. And if he's looking around saying, "I'm scoring 45, but I need more help," how do you think the Raptors can keep Kawhi Leonard if he's not getting help through this series and in the playoffs? Well, Kawhi Leonard's going to be a Clipper. There's no if, ands, and buts about oh. it. We're, we're not going to. Oh. We're, we're not going to like sugarcoat oh. this. We're not going to. I guess we're going to break the news in the middle of the series. I mean, it's just it's not. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And hold on, I do have to, hold what? on. What? You're, you're a former Clipper. You're around the organization. I see you at Clipper games. Are you hearing things? Listen, listen. I'm just Ryan Hollins. I'm using my deductive reasoning. And I'm okay. putting two and two together. Come on, man. Come on. And one thing we knew is that the playoffs were going to be life and death as far as where Kawhi Leonard lands. Very indicative. And if you look at the Los Angeles Clippers, we see we see arguably one of the greatest seasons we've seen out of a franchise in some time. Would you argue that point? One of the greatest seasons. Yeah. And if you look at Toronto, yes. Kawhi's going to... Might be better at the crib, yo. Might be better so, at the crib. I, I listen. I completely agree with you. I would think. I would guess that Kawhi Leonard would be a Clipper. However, this series isn't over. Let's not. Let's not have recency bias. It's only. They're only down two one in this series. Eventually, going to go back to Toronto. Toronto can win this series. It can even win the East if the Raptors go to the NBA Finals. Do you still think that Kawhi Leonard would leave Toronto for Los Angeles? That's not enough because when you when you get smashed by the Warriors. You're, you're going to be looking around wondering, going, man, what, you know, what am I doing here? You know, you, you can make it all the way to the championship game and nobody remembers the second place team. You know, it's, it's a very disappointing, uh, experience. And in the words of Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. last. I love that movie so much. So not only has Kyle Lowry been playing poorly in this series and not helping Kawhi Leonard, let's just take a look at some of the bench production from Toronto. Remember Toronto was so deep. That was, they, they made their hay from their depth. But look at this now. This is the Raptors bench production. Only 10 points per game, shooting 24% in this, in the, in the last three games. 18% from three. What has happened to the strength of this team that was once the depth? There's something called the NBA playoffs. What do mm. I mean by that? In all 82 games, you need a bench. You need an entire yep. roster that can come in, play quality, solid minutes to get you through. But the nice thing about the playoffs, you have rest. There's no reason for you know somebody to take some load management in the playoffs or take time off. So your stars come to play. I can play you 48 minutes. I can play you extended time. Why? We have rest. There are no back-to-back playoff games. So 
Now your bench does not have the same value because guess what? They're playing against starters all game long. And if you talk about a top seven, Philadelphia arguably has the best seven in basketball, best eight as far as a talent perspective comes into play. I think the Golden State Warriors probably have the most talented eight, but you make a really good point. The Sixers, the Sixers definitely have the best sort of like top eight in the East. Maybe the Celtics could make a case for it. Now, there was one play with a frustrated Kyle Lowry that I wanted to show you, and I have a very pointed question for you after we watch this. Let's take a look at what happened between Simmons and Lowry under the basket. Tobias shoots. Now, Simmons, see Simmons getting boxed out there. Okay. And then, see that? A little elbow to the groin from Simmons. He was not called for a foul. I believe that the league will review this and give him a flagrant one at least. But my question for you very quickly, Ryan Hollins, why are there so many groin shots in the NBA? It seems like this happens way more than any other sport. Well, it's war, and it's probably the most disrespectful thing you can do to a guy. It's an instant drop. And Mm -hmm. I think back to my little scuffle with Charlie Villanueva, which I am far removed from, and he is. But Charlie Villanueva, the first thing he did is try to come and give your boy a shot. And I'm I, <laughs> gladly I blocked it, but I don't know. But I, I just think it's the the ultimate sign of disrespect is Kyle took him and rode him out of bounds because Kyle yep. is, listen, Kyle Lowry has top five toughness in the NBA. He Boom. does. He's tough. Boom. He's tough. So I learned something about you this morning that I have to share. I asked you if you watched Game of Thrones, and what was your answer? I just started. What episode are you on? Three. Episode three. Let me just tell you something. I am so jealous of you right now. I am so jealous that you get, you have it all in front of you right now. You have like 80 hours of just bliss just waiting for you. 80 hours of just pure, riveting, shocking, intriguing, entangling entertainment in front of you. I'm so jealous of this experience that you're having. How do you feel about the first three episodes? I'm excited. And I admit, when it first started, it was very slow. I'm like, who is, is this? Who is this? What are, they, what are they doing? And by the second time I saw him on the film, somebody was getting taken advantage of. Somebody was being murdered, being thrown out of window. It was out of control. Yep. The, yep. the first time, and then the second time, you say, oh, oh whoa. There's oh. more of that to come, Mr. Hollins. More of that to come. Do you want me to tell you what happens for the rest of the series? No. Okay, okay. No, don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Everything's so new. There was a so lot, there's a lot of controversy amongst the staff this morning. The producers oh. are very upset with me because I did not put in the television portion of the show the fact that they are re-releasing Jordan 4s this weekend. So first, I want to take you behind the curtain and ask you, do you think the release of Jordan 4s belongs in the television show? Yep. I think it does. Yep. Why? This is... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For one, for one. This show is for the culture. Yes. It's not just basketball. Facts. It's not football. Preach. It's not Preach. baseball. Preach. The Jalen and Jacoby show is culture. And I can't think of much more culture than Jordan 4s. I mean, Jacoby, for goodness sake, you're wearing a pink sweater. And you don't think that Jordan 4s belong 
I just don't know what to show. say about it. It's not, it's not. It doesn't lead to a discussion. I've been doing this for a long time, and you want topics that lead to interesting discussions. The fact that the Jordan Fours are coming out is just a fact. It's like an announcement. It's like a commercial. There's nothing to discuss about them. Maybe we. However, I'm going to work on it right now. What are your favorite Air Jordans? Oh, the platinum leathers. That, that, it's, it's a given. Maybe you the compare. The Maybe you compare Michael Jordan shoes with something else. Maybe. You ask how long are they going to be relevant? I, I mean, there's. Oh, I like that question. How long, that you, like, I mean, come on, man. Do you what? Like, what year are you born in where you don't care about Jordans? Like, if you're born in 2000, do you care about Jordans? If you're 19 right now, my understanding no. is that these new kids would rather wear sneakers. You know, some Vans, some Converse. Some just, just they kind of they're, they're kind of over the the Jordan phase. Where I grew yeah. up in a phase where. Your Jordans were your outfit, and you threw on a white tee, some stonewashed <laughs> jeans, a Figaro chain, and you had your J's on, and you were yes. good. What size? What size was the white tee? Five triple XL. Five X tall. Five X tall. Five X tall. Two stories. <laughs> Do you remember that, that one summer where it was just whoever had the biggest white tee was the coolest kid on the block? It was just like just white tees down to your knees was just like really really hot in New York one in, summer in like nineteen two thousand two. And then like I don't know if you ever had like a time port or a two way. Yeah. And yep. what you would do is you'd have your time oh, yeah, port clip. on. Yeah, oh, of course. Oh, yeah. And you would oh, yeah. tuck in yes, the, yes. the, the time port, your white tee yes. where the time port is so yes. people could see your time port. See that you port. had one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For, yeah, those were the days. Know, I remember. That's a two-way pager for some some of our younger listeners. It's a two-way pager. We had to page each other. The younger other. listeners don't even know what a pager is. They're it was like, like the, original, a, a the original what? text message, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's kind of like a text, but it's all numbers. But that you was, could write like one four three one two three. That was that was Twitter. SOS. Oh yeah, you you sent that yeah, one you could, four three. You, you could yeah, you could get that in. Girl, you can get that in. So do you, I remember going to the store and buying size forty six jeans, like forty six waist jeans, just because I wanted the biggest jeans possible. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm ready for that to come back. I really am. Yeah. You know I, what's gonna happen? At some point in time, I mean, it may come back. I mean, things go on trends, but, you know, I, I'm okay with the, like, hey, like, my clothes fit me. They're yes, not, I'm they, not a, they fit. I'm not a too skinny, I'm not a too big type of guy. Like, yes. hey, like, they're for me. Facts, yeah. I, I think I think if you go the classic fit, you'll never be wrong. I, I didn't get with the skinny jeans thing. I saw that happening, and I was like, listen, I know this looks cool. I think it looks cool, but I can't do this because y'all gonna y'all are not going to be happy that you did this five years from now. So you, so five years from now, you're going to be like, yo, I can't believe I had skinny jeans so, on. So you're a comfort fit guy. Yes, and also, what, you know what's happening now is everyone's got their uh, ankles out. Now it's like you got your shoes, then you got two inches of sock, and then, you're, and then your pants are there. It's like the high water thing is hot now. I'm not jumping on that trend. It's just a trend that is going to go away. I'm positive it is. That ain't me. Well, you're you're a tall guy, so I'm sure you've rocked some high waters in your day. No, I have clothes that fit me. That's what I do. You know. So here's something I want to talk to you about that also didn't make the television show. Joe Lacob came out. You know Joe Lacob. He's the owner hey, of the Warriors. On. You're the most passive aggressive dude of all time, yo. What? <laughs> you keep throwing what? out because it didn't make the television show. You know what you're doing right now. What? You know exactly what you're doing. You're trolling. You're I'm trolling, trolling the staff. I'm not trolling the staff. No, not at all. I love the staff. Because I'm not trolling. I mean, I troll the show. staff often. Let's be honest. I am passive aggressive. Fact. I do troll the staff often. Fact. Those are both facts. But however, right now, I am not trolling the staff. 
Right now, I'm not. But those are two things that I do daily. Daily. Because it didn't make the show. These dudes just want me to talk about Jordan 4s. Guess what? The Jordan 4s are out. Are those your favorite Jordans? Can you Let's do your top five Jordans of all time. Oh, we got a problem in it? Come on. Oh, we got a problem in it? Shout out, Red. You know what? Shout out. You know what? Let's just give the people a chance. If you're carrying around revolving debt, that means that you're not paying off your card every month, and you could be paying thousands in interest every year that you really don't have to. With Lending Club, you can consolidate all of your debt and pay off credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable, fixed-rate personal loans. No trip to the bank, no high-interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com, tell them a little bit about yourself and how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you, and if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account in as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. Go to LendingClub.com slash J&J. Check your rate in minutes and borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com slash J-A-N-D-J. LendingClub.com slash J-N-J. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Ryan Hollins, D'Angelo Russell had a breakout season. He is a free agent this summer. He's about to get paid. Everything is going great for D'Angelo Russell until he went to LaGuardia. He's going to take a flight to Kentucky and, uh, you know, the authorities were like, uh, Mr. Mr. Russell, come here, please, sir. They found marijuana inside a secret compartment in an Arizona iced tea can. You know the Arizona iced tea cans, those big tall boys. I have just one simple question for you. What is D'Angelo Russell doing? He's showing his youth. Yep. And the one thing that's really frustrating is we were almost over the Nick Young. We were almost yeah. over the... The locker room folly and, 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 and you know the, the snitching and snitches get stitches. We were almost over it. And I know it was, was looking great. Jacoby Hill was looking amazing, and then he does this. this. And just the frustrating the frustration here is that it's an extremely immature move. Very immature. Is he beyond it? Is he the only guy doing this stuff? Is he the only one? No. But he was putting himself in an amazing place, and you felt like D'Angelo Russell had really turned the corner. And I'm not saying that he hadn't, but this is just stupid, man. I mean, what? Why would you ever, 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 ever go to a store and buy an Arizona can, put marijuana in it, like one of those secret fake ones, and then put it, like, let's just take a look at D'Angelo. We have him there. Look at the Arizona can there. He's just packing up his luggage. He's got the Arizona can. So here's a couple of things I want to say to D'Angelo. Number one, if that is a carry-on bag, you're not allowed to have beverages in a carry-on. So now you're putting something illegal in something illegal. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's like hiding my illegal drugs inside of something I'm not allowed to board the flight in. Anyway, two, if it was a checked bag, which I hope it was, because if it wasn't a checked bag, this is even more dumb. If it was a checked bag, right? Wait, it wasn't a checked bag? I'm getting breaking news here. Okay, if it was a check bag, they're going to x-ray it and they're going to see it. It's not like, it's not like the Arizona can, like, fools the x-ray machine. This is just so silly. Also, I've only been to Kentucky once, so I can't say this as a fact, but I'm pretty sure they have marijuana in the state of Kentucky. I'm sure it's not that hard to find. This is just indicative of just 
This is just dumb. Like, it's one thing if you forgot it and you had it in your pants or something and you forgot. And then you're like, oh, man, I didn't know that I had it in those pants pockets. But to try to sneak it on in, a, in an Arizona can is just absolutely ridiculous. I don't think this is going to hurt his free agency. But as you mentioned earlier, like, the Nick Young thing did kind of follow him and his reputation. This will also follow him. Everywhere he goes, they're going to buy him Arizona iced tea cans. certain people who just shouldn't do bad stuff because they get caught. Well, D'Angelo Russell, you get caught. Don't do anything, yes. bro. You're not getting away with anything. No. Just don't. Just be cool. Your, your free agency just summer, just, just, just don't. be low-key. Just stay low-key, D'Angelo. We're rooting for you. Yep. This is interesting. Woj, our colleague, is reporting that LeBron's favorite choice for the next head coach of the Lakers is Ty Lue over Monty Williams. The two seem to be the two front runners for the job. If I were the Lakers... I would just ask LeBron one simple question. Who do you want to be the head coach? And whoever that person was, I would hire them as the head coach. Do you think that's the right approach for the Lakers? It's absolutely the right approach. Because right now, if I look at Ty Lue, it's clearly a LeBron pick. I mean, I didn't need Woj to repeat that. Uh, shout out Woj, though. Yep. Uh, if out. I look at Monty, this is an Anthony Davis pick. Why? He had a lot of success in building Anthony Davis up in New Orleans. They have a good, solid relationship, and he knows how to get the most out of Anthony Davis. And that could be the potential star for the Lakers moving forward. But right now, you can't look forward if you're the Lakers. You have to look at the right now. You have arguably the greatest player of all time in LeBron James. Yes, he's a little older. Yes, things aren't exactly the same as we remember with LeBron, but he can still play at a very, very high level. And the one thing about Coach Tyron Lue, a coach in which I played for, for two different organizations. Oh, that's right. Is he has a way of getting the most out of you. What do you mean? What do I mean? He's always going to be honest to a fault. Whether it was Kevin Garnett, whether it was Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, if they made a mistake or they didn't bring 110% effort, Ty Lue is going to call you out. And he's going to be honest. There was a game we were actually playing uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we were playing against LeBron, ironically. Mm. And I remember Paul was kind of having a tough time. And, you know, the one thing we asked is a lot of Paul Pierce to score the ball and defend. And Ty Lue reminded Paul Pierce that, no, you can go out and guard LeBron James and you can go out and score 30 or score 40 points and go and get us a big win. Now, ultimately, we lose the series, but Ty Lue will challenge his stars. He will hold guys accountable. And obviously, everything looked a whole lot easier than it was when the Lakers had LeBron. Excuse me, had LeBron this last season. What do I mean by that? Ty Lue put LeBron in places where you got everything out of LeBron. Because the offense isn't just give LeBron the ball and let him go, which he can be very successful at. If you want LeBron for 82 games, you want him for playoffs, you have to find ways to manage his minutes. You have to find ways to be efficient with his minutes and play at a very high productive pace. The simple fact is the Lakers are going to go as far as LeBron James takes them, so just give him the head coach he wants. It's just that simple. Moving on. Cinco de Mayo this weekend, so... We have a Canelo Alvarez fight. Canelo, the most popular Mexican fighter, will take on Daniel Jacobs. Now, one thing that's interesting about the lead up to this fight is how the two have been very cordial. It's not very typical to see this. Let's just take a look at some of the things that they've said about each other as they go into this fight. 
Um, Canelo Alvarez said this about Daniel Jacobs. He's one of the most complicated fighters. He has one of the most complete styles in boxing. And here's Jacobs on Alvarez. He is definitely, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, in the division and all of boxing. Ryan, does it make you less interested in the fight if the fighters don't seem to kind of like like each other and respect each other? I'm completely uninterested. The one thing about fighting, as much as there, it's technical and all this, from a fan's perspective, I want to know that these guys are really fighting. Even though there's, there's, there's everything going on, but I want to feel like it's a real fight. It's boxing, fighting. I, come on. There's a primal. I don't want to see two buddies, two, two respectful people in the ring. That said, I probably will still watch the fight anyway. <laughs> I'm very excited to preview all of the action in the NBA this weekend. And we start with the premier series in the second round of the playoffs, the Rockets and the Warriors. And we have an update on James Harden's eye. James said that his vision has improved, although it is still blurry. And we have an updated picture of him. It looks still looks pretty rough. He played well in the game after he hurt his eye. Look at that. I mean, it just looks tough. But my question for you is, how much do you think his eye will hinder his performance in Game 3? None. Uh, he was still able to play, and I have been swiped in the eye pretty bad, not to the degree that Harden was hit. But the mm-hmm. one thing is this, it's incredibly irritating. Even when you close your eyes, even you, you put a cold pack over it, it's just irritating. It's a frustrating feeling that literally does not go away. Even when you try to go to sleep, his eyes are still burning. So, I, I mean, shout out James Harden for the toughness, man. But, shout out. I, I mean, goodness, Draymond gave him the business. And I do believe Draymond did that on purpose, knowing what he was doing. Really? But I don't really. Think Absolutely. But I, I got don't stand think... up for Draymond. I don't think he did him. No, no, no. I don't think he was trying to hurt him like that. I think he yeah. was trying to hit him, but I don't think he was trying to hurt him. I don't think he was trying to hit him, but we disagree. What? Now, Ryan, a lot of people disagree with me on this one. I think this is still a series. I know that they're, it's 0-2 down, but I think the Rockets, I'm not going to say they're going to win the series, but I think the Rockets win game three. They might even win game four. I think we're looking at a six or seven game series. Do you think that's the case? I don't. I don't mm. like what I'm seeing out of Chris Paul. The one thing that Chris Paul was really good at last year was breaking down his man individually off the bounce and scoring at a high clip. He doesn't look like he's quite moving the same. Now, granted, he's still got his intelligence. He still can knock down shots, but he doesn't have the same dominance to where you can trust him and say, Harden, hey, man, you go get me, get a shot, get me some looks. Now, James Harden, I do believe that Mike D'Antoni is going to put him in different situations. You're going to see James Harden, you know, getting some movement onto the basketball, maybe a little pick and roll action. Maybe he'll set a screen, you know, so I I believe he's going to be moved around the court. And then, intriguing enough, the tough part, the really tough part is not just the Rockets, what they have going on. It's the Golden State Warriors. See, what people fail to realize is the Los Angeles Clippers pushed the Warriors. The Warriors had to go to another level in the first round against an eight seed that they didn't expect to play at. And that was a championship type level basketball from the Clippers. And Utah, unfortunately, did absolutely zero for the Rockets. They didn't have to play as hard as they needed to. In fact, there's a complete lack of respect for Utah. They just don't have the personnel. They don't have enough Royce O'Neal's or Spider Mitchell's to go out and compete against the against the Rockets. So now you got a team firing all cylinders, and they've realized, hey, 
Kevin Durant, you trust the system, play in it, and you're absolutely unguardable because we can't help off of you. And when you help, they dice you apart. Yep. So the next series is very intriguing. The Celtics and the Bucks. The Celtics blew them out in game one. The Bucks blew out the Celtics in game two. However, I believe that this is the Celtics series. The Bucks just shot so well from three in game two, and Kyrie Irving played so poorly in game two. I don't think that will be replicated. I have the Celtics winning not just this game, but the series. What do you think? Well, for one, where were you months ago when I was screaming this from the mountaintops that, you know, the Bucks were going home uh, in game two? Neither here nor there, Jacoby. But what you have to understand, Chris Middleton was excellent. The offense, everything is going to have to run through his shoulders. Giannis is going to have to be second fiddle, but I love the way he's attacking. He's just not that good in the playoffs yet until yeah. he gets a jump shot. But Chris Middleton presents the biggest headache, and there's going to be a lot of attention sent his way from the Celtics. I think so as well. And finally, we have the Blazers and the Nuggets. The Blazers bounced back in Game 2 to knot up this series. Nikola Jokic said it was a weird game. It was a weird game in Game 2. Usually these teams score a lot of points. They didn't score that much. What do you think will happen in Game 3 in Portland? Uh, I'm taking Portland here. Why? Dame Lillard in Game 2 actually accepted the defense that... Uh, the Nuggets were throwing at him. What do I mean? Yeah. They were running him off the three-point line, forcing him to drive. And what Damian Lillard did was get in the paint and make plays and kick and score and play real basketball. So shout out Damian Lillard for adjusting shout to out. what was thrown at him. And they absolutely really picked the Nuggets apart. And you got to understand, what is so tough for Coach Mike Malone, and he keeps preaching this, preaching this, is the inconsistencies from his team. He doesn't know who's going to show up. He's trying to put guys in situations where they can be successful and get the most out of them. But I do not believe it's going to be enough. What Portland has on their side is not the depth, but it's the experience. Yeah. Mm. Ryan Hollins, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Look forward to having you on shortly. Yeah. In the studio, Mr. 3000. <laughs> CC Sabathia in the building. Welcome back to the program, man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we're going to start with the 3000. Yeah. I mean, 3000 strikeouts in Major League Baseball. Could you ever imagine? Never, man. It's weird. It's, it's such a weird thing. Like, I never played for stats, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to, like, have that one be right there. 3000 strikeouts is such a rare thing. Um, you know, third lefty. Third black black man, um, you know Freddie Jenkins and Bob uh, Bob Bob Gibson. So it's a good list to be on, and I'm I'm definitely blessed and excited. And look at you getting the love from the fans and teammates. Yeah, what was it like teammates. just to hug your family in that moment? It what was it cool. Like? It was cool to have them down there, just to have like the the stadium was loud, and to be in Arizona, you know, I didn't know how how going to go. React. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it was uh, it was great, and, and you know those fans, uh, you know, gave me a standing ovation. You know, my family came out, my teammates were great, so. Uh, it was good. I'm glad it's over with now. There are, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine, like around, like you know, when you're you're 35 away. Like, when did you start thinking that it was a possibility? Um, you know what? Like two and a half years ago, Harold Reynolds sent me a text and was like, "Hey, if you get the 3,000 strikeouts, you might have a chance at the Hall of Fame." And I'm like, yeah. and then he sent me how many I had, and I had like 2,800. And I'm like, man, uh, I don't strike people out. Like I'm <laughs> old. I got bad knees. I'm throwing a cutter 86. Like why would you send me that? So like, it was on my radar for like a couple years and. Um, yeah, but it, it, it's hard though, you know, to try to go out and think about strikeouts. Of course. You know, at this age for me, I just want to go out and try to pitch well and get out. So, um, it's just one of those things where it just worked out and I was able to get close and, 
um, last year ended with 14, but then I had the heart scare. So yeah. then I'm laying in the ICU like, oh Maybe my it's god, I'm 14. Like, Here's another question: I'm 14 like, short. Like. You flew the family out. Like, imagine if they got in a flight and stayed in the hotel and you didn't get the three thousand. Oh you know what? The whole trip though, like they had been on the whole trip, which it was, yeah. was kind of fun. Of course. So I was kind of like hoping that I was just like need one the rest of the season so they could <laughs> follow me around, but. Um, no, I mean, my whole family's been following me around this whole time. They were in Anaheim. Um, they came up to San Fran and they came to Arizona. So if I wouldn't have got it there, they would have come to New York. But, um, no, nah, it, it, it's been fun. It's so, been good and the support's been great. You mentioned it and I'm going to ask you, do you think you have a Hall of Fame career? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that's kind of up for everybody else to debate. Kind of out of my control. So I knew uh, you were going to say I, that. I no, knew you were going to say I, that, listen, CC. Now, Let's be honest. You want Of course. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, of course. Who doesn't? You know, who doesn't want that recognition? And, um, you know, I see all my friends going in now. I know Jeter's going to be in. Yep. Moe's going to be in. Yep. Um, and, and I just saw, like, you know, the last couple of years I've been seeing what, what the Hall of Fame is. It seems like a big get together, like a party. Yeah, I'm the ultimate get together guy. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I need like, to be there. Anywhere there's you know a party, I want to like, be there. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, wax. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and Thank I you. predict that you will be in the Hall of Fame, and you will be at that party. And you will have your day. <laughs> Thank I'll you. write a strongly worded email if you don't get it in the first ballot. <laughs> I'll write them an email. I'll get you in there. So next, I want to talk to you about this performance. I'm glad you're on the show today, Noah Syndergaard. The Mets beat the Reds one to nothing, but his performance, not only a complete game shutout, right? He was just dominant on the mound. Some that he's, you know, he's had a little bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. He had a home run in the game. He provided the entire offense and defense for the Mets, a single handed performance. Here's the home run. What did you oh, think about Apple that? Too. Oh yeah, opposite oh, that's field. Impressive. I mean, opposite I thought he, yeah, op- way back. Uh huh. Oh, just do it, man. Like, like nobody needs to show up to the park today. Just me and the cat. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just, just we need two of us. So he had that was an opposite field home run. I'm glad yeah. you pointed that out. Um, you've taken a few trips around the bases yeah, in your but day never before, like that. Well, listen, I, let's I take a look. Homers, look at like, you, look. looking comfortable. <laughs> oh, look at that swing. Look at that. No HD. Oh Where's yeah. Where's the ball? <laughs> <laughs> That's how long you've been in the league. <laughs> look at these are barely sneaking around the foul pole. Yeah, look, you know what I'm saying? Like he's going oppo, you know what I'm saying? Like dominating games and stuff. So that's incredible, man. That's that's fun. Um, you know, anytime you get a chance to hit, you know, you want to try to help the team out, but to to provide all the offense and then go out and throw a shutout. I mean, that's that's a great performance. It was impressive. And that was a great performance from Syndergaard, but like this season, I don't know it's early in the season, but some of the biggest names in pitching, some of the aces, have been gotten off to a little slow start this year. Let's just take a look at some of the numbers. When you see here, you got Chris Sale, 0-5, and Scherzer, Kluber, Snell, Carrasco, and Syndergaard, you see right there, even with the shutout, still has that 5 ERA. Oh, what's at the bottom there? Oh, not CC Sabathia. <laughs> Nuh-uh. That he's, he's still getting 266, but why do you think this is the case? Is this just a coincidence? I think it's just a coincidence. I mean, it's a little alarming to see the guy's ERAs up a little that high, but mm-hmm. um, it's early. You know, guys can write the ship. I mean, you know, I think Sale just coming off such a long season last yeah. year, never pitching that deep into the season. Yeah. Um, it's rough coming off that, that World Series year, so um, that could be a little tough. What but a I, flex. He's like, oh, it's rough coming off that World Series year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, these guys are so good that they have so much time to, to kind of get the thing right, and, and it's so early that they'll be fine. So someone else who's started very hot is Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Cody's hitting 425, 14 home runs, 38 RBI just early on this season. What do you think about this young man's performance so far? Man, he's been incredible. And, and the fact that we talked about opposite field home runs, he's been hitting the ball all over the park, mm. um, righties and lefties, you know. So 
the fact that he's hitting lefty so good, um, you know, it means he's staying on the ball. So um, I think he's, you know, he's providing a lot of their offense. He's going to have to do it all year for them, I think. And um, if he can do this, I think they'll, right be, they'll be right back where they want to be at the end of the year. Yep. Mr. 3000 is here. You also have a podcast whenever with you my say guy. Mr. Whenever you say Mr. 3000, I think of Bernie Mac immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think of Andre 3000. Okay, it's just exciting, better. man. 3000 right strikeouts, you know? <laughs> so you have a podcast as well, R2C2, yeah. with my man Ryan Ruko. Tell us a little bit about it. No, it's, it's, uh, it's great, man. We've been doing it for the last three years. Uh, me and Rook met in 2009 when he worked for the Yes Network. Yep. Um, and, you know, we have a great relationship. He's He's a He's cool dude. He, you know, he He's does great. a bunch of different sports. He does boxing now on the zone. He does ESPN basketball, um, WNBA. Um, so, you know, he knows a lot of sports. We have a lot in common with Star Wars and everything. So yep. You can check that fun. out. And you have a celebrity softball game coming up on May 16th. I saw today that Jamie Foxx is coming through. Yeah. You got some A-list talent. Tell us about the game. No, nah, the, uh, the second annual game. Um, you know, I'm so happy that the Yankees and the Steinberg in front of me letting us use the Yan- uh, Yankee Stadium again. Um, you know, we got Michael Strahan coming out. I got my old teammates, you know, Carlos Beltran, uh, Andrew Jones. You know, we got mm-hmm. Fat Joe, Action Bronson. Jamie Foxx, Dasha Polanco. Um, should be a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun, man. So so tell me about the game itself. Is it competitive? Oh, yeah. It's competitive. You know what's crazy? I did uh, three basketball games at uh, Barclays. I did a celebrity basketball uh-huh. game against Robinson Cano, and I lost every time. So now, like, I get pissed. Like, I have to have a good team. So last year, I stacked my team, you stacked your team? against John Carlos. So, so. You, you make the teams? <laughs> I did last By year. By yourself? <laughs> you got to pick teams, man. Like, you act like you've never played nah, sports before. Keep, this year, we're keeping even. I had to get a win, man. I can't keep losing my you own celebrity. You like, teams deal. by yourself, Who's going to keep coming out to my celebrity games if I keep losing? Come on. <laughs> Cece, I can't believe you sat by yourself and nah, made I had the teams. To stack, I had to stack the team last year. Do you pitch? Year. No, I don't. I don't play. I can't play in them. Why not? Maybe next year. Why not? Maybe. But I had Mo play last year, and he and I, I knew he was gonna play hard. So I put him on my team. He had a triple right away. He scored some runs. Like, so I, I knew who to put on my team. That's a lot of fun. I always, I always loved Fat Joe. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, Fat Joe's time. a great softball pitcher too. He's wait, like what? legendary in the Bronx softball wait, wait, pitcher. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Legendary, legendary in the Bronx, Bronx Fat softball. Joe, Fat Joe, legendary softball pitcher. And, and if you got everybody come out to the game, or you guys even listen to my podcast. He tells stories about him being softball pitcher, you know, being for the Bronx. Word. Love softball, so he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of fun out That's there. That's exciting. He ain't fat anymore. You gotta no, change his not. name. We're just calling him Joe. I'm calling him Joe. Joe. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> so, your Yankees mm-hmm. have dealt with so many injuries. I can't I can't think of another baseball team that's had so many injuries so early in the season. Yet you've still managed to be successful. How is that? Um, I just think it's just the, the testament of the organization and the mm. guys that are just coming up. Um, you know, the Gio Urshela's, the Mike Tockman's, um, you know, guys that are coming in and filling out. I mean, DJ LeMahieu has been, you know, the MVP so far for us this year, yeah. playing all around the field. Um, you know, so guys just coming up and it's just next man up. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Nobody's going to hang their head. You know, we just got to go out and keep playing hard. We play so many games throughout the year. Um, that, that, you know, you can't, you can't quit, you know, and, you know, these guys have no quit. We've been putting great at bats together. Guys been pitching well. Bullpen's been playing good. Defense been immaculate. So, um, man, I'm really proud of, of, you know, what, the, what we've been able to accomplish so far this early in the season with so many injuries. It's been so fun. what's it like when someone comes up, when you get the new face in the lock, in the clubhouse? Cause this happened a lot for you guys this mm-hmm. year. So how do you, how do you, you know, you're a veteran, you're a leader in the clubhouse. How do you incorporate them into the team? Um, you just try to come up and just say hello. Um, just be nice and just try to make them feel welcome. 
I think the the quicker you can, guys can get comfortable in the locker room, the better they'll perform out on the field. So if you get you know start ragging on them and get yep. into the locker room, just making them feel one of the guys, they go out and immediately feel uh, comfortable and, and and go out and play well. I would be shook. Cause it's it's one thing, it's, but it's Yankee Stadium and it's that uniform. It's, it's the Bronx. Even, it's not even Yankees. It's just the big leagues. Period. Because you you play your whole life and you work so hard. You go yeah. through the minor leagues. The minor leagues is such a grind mm-hmm. that you work so hard to get to this point that you don't want to screw it up. And you are you know somebody's right behind you waiting to take your spot. Or if you come up some because somebody injured, that guy's coming back. So. You know, it's a lot of pressure. So you just want to have the guy feel as, as comfortable as possible and, you know, go out and be able to perform and, and you know, help the team. So how do you feel you guys are playing right now? Uh, we've been playing good. You know, like I said, I mean, like we just talked about, all the injuries, there's nothing you can really do about it. Um, but you just got to go out and keep playing hard. You know, I know we played Minnesota tonight. They're a tough team. They've been playing really good. Um, but you just got to go out and leave it out there and see what happens. So I'm lazy. I don't like to work very hard. If I was a starting pitcher and I knew I wasn't pitching that night, like, what do you do? Do you show up? Like, why do you put the uniform on? Do you warm up? Do you work out? Actually, being, just watch being lazy works right into being the starting pitcher. That's, we all lazy. We don't do nothing, man. Like, we just hang out. Like, I'll go to day a week. Yeah. throw my bullpen, maybe go for a swim for my cardio and just hang out. <laughs> Time out. There's a pool. Yeah, we got a swim X there. You got a, oh, so is that one of those little like treadmills, yeah, like so, swim treadmill exactly. things? Exactly. So you can and you're swim in there and swimming. The yeah. So you got some swimming shorts in your yeah, locker room? Exactly. <laughs> How long are you in the pool? You're in there for two minutes. No, I do like a 20 minute workout in the pool. Okay. So it's not okay. bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you've been looking good. You trimmed, down, you trimmed down a little I'm bit. I'm trying to keep it off. You man. trimmed down but a little bit. But I got bit. bad knees, so I can't like go crazy with the cardio. Have you have you kept your body in shape? Because you trimmed down a lot. Nah, just doing a lot of that elliptical swimming, boxing, just doing things that the try to keep you know the stress off my knee but still I do a lot of row machine um versa climber um a lot of different things to try to help my get my cardio up but try to keep the stress off my knee so you talked about the clubhouse and integrating new players and there's some news about the Red Sox the Red Sox have been pretty disappointing this year and it's early in the season but coming off a World Series victory you wouldn't expect them to struggle like this and when thing when struggles sort of things start to come out and one of the things has come out that the players were playing too much Fortnite in the clubhouse. Straight up. They said this is a, this is like a thing. This is like a real news story in Boston. You know, they're crazy about the Red Sox. They're saying it's counterproductive to putting their best foot forward when on the field. Whenever is you, Fortnite a problem? Whenever you're not winning, everything's a problem. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So if they were winning games, everybody would be love like, more Fortnite. Fortnite. Exactly. They'd be like, this know, really brought us together as a team, the Fortnite. It's just that they're not winning games, you know, so everything becomes a problem. And that's just something that, that you know, it's tough being in one of those big media markets where... You know, the media do see you do different things, and yep. that becomes a problem if you're not winning. So, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. It is, you know, it is what it is. They're not losing because of Fortnite. They're not it, yeah, losing exactly. because of Fortnite. Exactly. <laughs> it has more to do with baseball. Well, a team that is winning, your Warriors. Yes. Not everybody knows you're from Northern California. You had season tickets to the Warriors. You're a Warrior fan. They look pretty good so far. They do. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little nervous about them going to Houston. You should though. be. Right? You should be. I don't think this series is over. I'm I don't not, think I'm not so saying either. the Rockets are going to win. This is going to blow different when the Rockets are at home, for sure. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about the refs. We talked about the refs so much after game one. But it's going to happen. You think so? For sure. So here's my home. thing about this. It was, it was a one-possession game in game one. Yeah. It was a three-point game. James had a shot to tie the game. And then... In game two, it was close. You yeah. know, CP3 had that wide open practice three that could have brought it within three. Like the Warriors have won both games, but they haven't been rolling over the Rockets like they did some other teams this year. No, they haven't. But and they, but like but they haven't been rolling over a lot of people. Period. This year. Yeah. So I mean, it's like I said when I came here earlier. This is 
the the team that I can see getting beat. But I mean, them being up too well, I mean, it's exciting. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Them going to Houston and, and see how everything plays out. So you know, you, when you're a kid, you were a Laker fan, and we have some Laker news. Laker related. Monty Williams signed a five year deal to be the head coach of the Suns. What does that have to do with the Lakers? That means he's not going to be the head coach of the Lakers, <laughs> which I think leads to Ty Lue coaching the Lakers. It's you, not. We're not saying it's going to happen, but if it does happen, would you be happy with that? I think. I think. I think LeBron would be happy with that, and I think mm-hmm. Laker fans should be happy with that. Um, you know, whatever's going to please LeBron these last couple of years Thank that he's you. that he's healthy enough to go out and hold. To try to take your franchise to a championship, you need to do it. Here's how. Here's how. I'm, if I'm in the front office of the Lakers, I'm just calling LeBron and saying, "Who do you want to coach? Who Maverick Carter? Do you want him to coach Savannah? Here? Who do you want? Like whatever Let's you want. Everybody whatever here you the, want for these next whatever. I'm, how many? Every I'm year here to got help left. you, LeBron. Let's like whatever you need, dog. Like, like this whole thing. It's a that, oh, you know, we're gonna hire this other guy that LeBron might, might not like. If you're in the Laker business, you're in the LeBron business. Like, right now, whatever you, are. you want, and he's got three more years on his deal. Yeah, I think Tyler will be the head coach of the Lakers, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I want to remind everybody. May 16th, Yankee Stadium. Is it open to the public? It's open to the public, I can yeah. buy tickets? 20 bucks, yeah. Pitchin.org. Oh, pitchin.org. Yeah. Shout out. Got some big names there. What's what's the benefit? Uh, Pitchin Foundation. Me and Amber started in 2008. Um, you know, we try to help kids in the inner city through sports and education. Um, we do backpack giveaways, field renovations um, on both coasts. And uh, a lot of these things that we do, uh, the money goes directly to, to our, our foundation. That's real dope, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. You're a vet in the game. 3,000 strikeouts, man. That's that's something crazy. You I'm know what? You. Jeter texted me. He said, you know what 3,000 means? You owe. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. He's right. He's right. Um, just really quickly on the Suns, you know, they've got a young team, a young nucleus. They've got, you know, when you look at their roster, it's like, ooh. Like, there's, there's some there. And Monty Williams has signed up for five years. Do you think that'll help him? I don't know, man. But I don't want Zion to go there. I, you know, like, I, I want him to go somewhere where the fans demand him to get better. The organization, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the city's going to hold him accountable to getting better. I think if he goes to Phoenix, it's just kind of like he's going to get lost. I mean, yeah. they have a great roster. I think Monty Williams would be good for them. But I don't want Zion there. You know where Zion's going, right? I hope so. You know where he's going to go. I hope he's here. He's going to be here. It's, I hope he's going to be here. You know what's he's going to be in Madison Square Garden. They're going to fix it or something, like the Pat Ewing envelope and controversy. Then, and then KD's coming. KD and Kyrie. KD and Kyrie. Pat Ewing's coming back. John Starks. <laughs> it's, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get Pat Riley man, coaching. I, I really, Rick do, Van I really back. do hope Zion comes here, man. Oh, I need it. Um, I, I think the city needs it. The I NBA need it. needs it. So we It's kind of like when LeBron went to Cleveland that they had that first pick. You know what I mean? So we had a debate amongst the staff. About the Jordan Forest coming out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're like, you need to put it in the show. You need to put it in the show. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's just, it's just like an announcement. Like, there's nothing to really talk about. You have your own podcast. So you are now a, a media member and a producer. Would you put the Jordan Forest in the show? It's a hot debate around the Jalen Jacoby staff. Yeah. Yep. You're a Jordan yeah. athlete, though. <laughs> You're a Jordan athlete, though. Of course, of course you would. I of course would. you would. May 16th is the celebrity game. CC Zabathia, congratulations on the accomplishment. If you don't get into the Hall of Fame first ballot, I will write a very long email. A very long email and make a case for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks so much. We'll be back on Monday. Why is that, Kara? We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Hello. Speaking of the hobbits, let's talk about LeBron James. All I care about is my nipples. Seriously. <laughs>